2: It was a year I'd like to forget. To listen to Broomgate, search for BroomGate in your favorite podcast app. That's all one word. BroomGate.
0: To a pick and roll to Thompson with a lay counted and a foul what do you know? stick and roll and it works for two and anna carico across the timeline and a head full of steam to the rack with a right hand layup and it's good
4: on a fourth down and three out of the pistol he's gonna throw it drops back back to the end zone caught touchdown eastern michigan just when you think the snowmarts start going away of course it starts to rear its ugly head again this week again The Polar Vortex version of the Eastern Insider podcast as Kyler Ludlow gets ready
5: to make that wonderful trek to Athens, Ohio. Aren't you excited? Hey, I don't have to drive and that's all I care about. I'll be able to sit back, watch a couple movies, get some work done. It'll be great. I'll still
4: be sitting at my desk while you're on a bus to Athens this week. A busy week it will be around EMU Athletics. Thanks again for tuning in. I'm Greg Stenner. Uh, Hopefully you enjoyed a wonderful weekend because we had a lot of good things that happened around Eastern Michigan Athletics. A really good chance for people to get back and embrace some memories of the past with the Men's Basketball Alumni Day.
5: Yeah, Saturday was awesome, uh, having so many of the guys back, of course, Earl Boykins highlights the, the players that came back. And Coach Braun was just incredible the entire time, uh, having to work with him because he was broadcasting and then having him around just hearing some of the stories. And Jim Streeter, who just celebrated birthday, was uh, was backing in his element. It was a lot of fun to see some of the older generation, whether it was 60s and 70s players, the 80s and 90s guys, and some from the 2000s. It was It was a blast. It was a really good day. And the team pulls out a win against Northern Illinois to – put a cherry on top yeah you look at a game the huskies
4: were playing without their best player but eastern found a way to win it down the stretch late uh we get the chance to talk with coach braun and we also have had a chance to catch up with earl boykins and a guy who can arguably be on that mount rushmore of emu athletics mm-hmm. and about as humble of guys you can get we'll hear from him in the coming weeks but we did have a chance to sit down with coach braun and you'll hear from him in this in today's this podcast as well
5: yeah and, and coach was Fantastic. And you hear him reference, uh, Earl, we're actually all in the same room. And that was just really fun uh, to be a part of. You were talking with him. I was sitting next to Earl, and Earl was making comments. You can kind of hear it in the background at different times, uh, specifically when you talk about Coach Braun coming in with Cal and losing. You can hear some laughter in the background. That was Earl making fun of Coach. And uh, so it was really fun. I think uh, just seeing kind of the reunion aspect of that day, the fans got to see them coming out on the court and see them during the course of the game. But I think the most fun part was seeing those guys just reconnecting with one another after for some had been a really long time.
4: Yeah, you look at it this week, uh week that we'll see Eastern Michigan men's basketball on the road for both matchups, uh but the women will be home for a pair of matchups. They have Kent State coming up on Wednesday night, the day before Valentine's Day. So if you haven't gotten your gift uh, for that someone special in your life, you can always get them some EMU basketball tickets for Thursday's celebration, but take them on Wednesday. It's Galentine's Day, yeah. not a day I was familiar with, but I know <laughs> it's something kind of in in cinematic flow floor of TV versions <laughs> right now. Yeah,
5: yeah, no, absolutely. It's a fun day, kind of the, the girls' night out um, celebration, and uh, there's wine tickets uh, for $8. You can get... Uh, two wine tickets and a wine glass at EMU Wine Glass. So really cool night um, that marketing's put together for for that Kent State game.
4: Also this week, uh, it is men's golf getting their season going on. They're on right now in competition at the Earl Yestingsmeyer Match Play Competition down in Dade City, Florida. The Eagles, the number 1 seed in that tournament. They open up with Loyola Chicago this morning on Monday and hopefully a good run for Bruce Cunningham and his kids down there. Women's golf last week had a successful run, so no reason they can't carry it over. Uh, then you also have gymnastics heading up on the road to Mount Pleasant. There'll be a ESPN 3 match on Thursday against the Chippewas as they try to knock them off. And then back here on Saturday, it'll be the women taking on A pesky ball state club trying to get tournament seating. We'll get Fred Castro's thoughts on his week as they progress as well, trying to get off that uh, 0-2 week that just unable to close out a few games, and I think that's been the closest thing, still learning
5: how to win. Mm -hmm. And they have a really golden opportunity here in the second part of this max season with a little bit weaker schedule than the front part of it was. Uh, And right now it's kicking off a three-game homestand with Wednesday night's game uh, and then having another one at home on Saturday and then the following week being at home. It's the first three-game homestand in a long time. So a chance for fans to come out and see this team play. They're exciting. They're really fun to watch. Uh, And hopefully they can pull it all together for a full 40 minutes. And then we also have
4: the boys of spring slash summer. They get their season going down in the heart of Dixie at CMU Baseball, taking on the New Jersey Institute of Technology more appropriately and easy to roll off the tongue. <laughs> NJIT, as A.J. Octor will join me to talk about uh, the pitching performance coming into the year and a good mix of returners and some new guys that he'll have this year. Uh, but another humble guy, even though he's played in the professionals <laughs> and uh, has done a lot of really good things as well for A.J.
5: Yeah, and I I love the baseball coaching staff interviews because they have both – been trained up media wise there's a lot less editing for me to do so aj's great coach roof last week was great i'm sure the other coach roof would be fantastic as well so uh exciting to hear and it's a it's a great interview and for somebody who enjoys baseball it's interesting to hear aj's perspective on things
4: and then if you just want a little uh, podcast overtime you can also still go to emueagles.com we'll have a sit down with head coach rob murphy to get you set for the week as well as we expand our podcast a little bit and have you listen in a few
5: different places from now on <laughs> yeah and i think the cap of this episode though and maybe the most important part is peanuts gallery this week um actually hits on some kind of serious topics as it's the max week of mental health awareness uh and peanut gets a chance to sit down with the sac rep for eastern michigan who has a major hand in what the mac is doing this week and so that's really really cool and something that uh is fun to see both sides of things that you get the goofy side of what peanuts gallery usually is but this one uh, talks about mental health and how uh, as the Mac says it's okay to not be okay
4: good reason to follow along so without further ado Kyler's got a bus to catch and you've got a (laughs) podcast to listen to enjoy the rest of the show getting back here is is harder now just because you've you've wrapped up your, your coaching days you're in broadcasting now what does it mean to for eastern to want to have all the alums back for really the largest gathering that they've had in a very long time of basketball alumni
0: well i have always thought it's important that you don't forget your history because without the generations behind you and in, in front of you uh, you know as things go on you know you you lose its place and so it's really important I always did that as a coach and I think our players always appreciated the guys that paved the way before they played and I think they're important so bringing back all these generations of players I think is fantastic and it spans a lot of very successful years obviously so it's exciting to be part of it
4: southeastern Michigan certainly a large part of what your history accounts to Siena Heights winning here What does the southeastern Michigan community and Eastern in particular mean to you
0: Well we had so many players from this area and neighboring Ohio you know we didn't have to travel far to get good players to attend Eastern Michigan University and we had a lot of success with those players so to bring back the community bring back the players and some of the coaches that were here I think is significant and we're excited about
4: it. You coached in really the golden era of of Mac basketball I mean you had guys that were were going to be NBA stars you had teams winning championship games what was the made the max so tough during your coaching tenure
0: well I you know I heard Earl Boykin say it and he's right Uh, the players are the ones that make you know that make the teams the coaches guide the players give them opportunities but we really had good players back then if you look at each team in the league there were some key standout players that performed that could play at the next level it didn't matter if they're mid-major high-major I just I hate that terminology if you're a basketball player you're a basketball player and obviously we had some very good coaches back then so uh... for having uh, the success we did we had multiple teams go to the sweet sixteen and, uh... that's important so the league really wasn't a golden year and golden age and uh... i think those were some very good years at, at Mac basketball
4: so many of your assistant coaches went also on to be head coaches and really growing that tree is is as a mentor that's the big thing you want people to go out and succeed what does their success kind of relate back to your success?
0: Well the success of former coaches just like players is really it's endearing it's it's special it's it's kind of a, a way that, that people can get out on their own now. I always felt that the best way for players to be able to, to showcase what they could do is allow them to play the best way for coaches to showcase what they can do is allow them to coach so I was always of the opinion that you know I didn't want coaches that were not opinionated, that weren't going to you know, dig in and, and coach, so I'm just happy they got their own chance to run their own program and they've been very successful to this day. Obviously, uh, some very successful coaches that have gone on and it means a lot to me, but it means a lot to, I think, all of Eastern Michigan University. You've coached in the
4: Convocation Center, you brought your Cal team here and unfortunately came away, and not with a win, but playing on Eastern Michigan's campus, you had so much success in Bowen Field House. When we talked to Earl, we know how special it is for him, but what did Bowen mean to you?
0: Well, it meant a lot. You know, uh, I still try to forget about that game at the convocation. Not one of my favorite days without our leading scorer, leading rebounder, an NBA uh, uh, player, Leon Poe, but couldn't overcome that one. But I uh, was happy for Charles Ramsey to come back and play that game. It was significant, you know, not to forget where you coach, where you came, came from, and we agreed to play that game. They came out and played it at Cal a year later. Uh, but you know thinking back to Bowen it was really a special place because you know if you looked at every game it it had a significance because of the fans the fans were there almost uh, overflow crowds that was something you didn't see in a lot of arenas and the crowd was very uh, boisterous Uh, they were knowledgeable they came out to support our team the community came out students came out so I, I thought that was a big reason why we were successful I think our home court was uh, just a real advantage. Very few teams could come in here at Bowen and, and get a win against us, and that, that triggered a lot of our success. How much do you still kind of keep an eye on EMU basketball? You know, I always t- I keep an eye on EMU basketball. It's, uh, you know, I talked to Coach Murphy uh, obviously yesterday in preparation for a game, but uh, I've tried to stay in touch with former coaches, uh, former players the, the best I can. I, you, you just never forget, you know, where you coached, and not only did I coach at Eastern Michigan for 11 years, but I coached in the state of, of Michigan for 19 years. So I'm still following Siena Heights. I'm still following Eastern Michigan. And I'm still going to follow Cal and, and Rice University because once you coach at a place, you, you know, you have connections there and relationships and you want those two schools to do well. You're in the
4: television world now. It's a lot different. You don't have to, to do the same carry of wins and losses at the end of the night. But what is it like to, to transition from the coaching world into TV.
0: Well, I'll give you a, an example. This will answer your question uh, probably to the point. But after my first TV game, I started wandering around on the floor, and my play-by-play guy grabbed me and said, Where, Coach, what are you doing? I said, well, I'm, I, you know, I, got a, I got an interview. He said, no, you don't. You're not coaching. I said, well, I got to talk to parents. He said, no, you don't. you don't have any parents. Well, I got to talk to the media. He said, why? He said, you're right. I don't have to do any of that anymore. So I was able he said, go home. Your day is over. So I was actually able to go home. And that's been the biggest difference. You don't take your job with you when you're coaching. You know, you're always thinking about your coach, your, your players, your players' parents, uh, how they doing in school, how they doing off the court, uh, on the floor. And you know, now I can go home and spend time with my family. So that's been the biggest adjustment and a nice adjustment. But I still, you know, I still miss the coaching and the camaraderie of coaching. But uh, the the being in, in, involved in the media and being involved in as an analyst has allowed me really to, to have a really a secure. Uh, home life, and that's been that's been pretty good for me. You still don't
4: have that itch every now and then to just want to go back to the coaching world? You
0: know, I still uh, think about uh, my, re- my interaction with players and coaches, but I still get that as an analyst because I attend practices, uh, I do workshops for teams in the off season. Uh, I'm still able to interview players and talk to coaches in the off season, so I don't. I really can get my fill of c- staying close to the game, but but I think once you're a coach, you're always a coach. You never quite get over not coaching, so uh that that feeling is going to be with you for a long time but i'm i'm very satisfied with what i'm doing and the direction that my career and my life has taken
4: and then my last question for you is is kind of the same one that i asked earl i asked him what he you meant to him vice versa what did earl mean to you
0: well it's interesting earl and i have actually talked at length about this subject and you know for any coach to be successful you you have to understand your players and i think earl boykin's helped me understand the importance and the chemistry of a player coach relationship because uh, Earl was unique in this way he, he really was a coach on the floor when Earl brought ideas to me I didn't I used to listen to very many players but when Earl brought up an idea at first I said hey what is I'm the player he's a coach he can't bring that idea to me but the more I thought about his ideas the more I stayed open to what he brought his perceptions of, of how he saw the game how he knew his teammates he because he knew his teammates better than I did uh, I really, really learned a lot. So I think that Earl taught me that coaches can still learn from players. And, you know, Earl said that and I appreciate his comments that, that he's learned from me and he appreciates the things that I've done for him. But as a coach, I really appreciate uh, having coached Earl because he taught me that part of the, of the coaching world, that you've got to trust your players, you've got to believe in them, uh, never doubt him. Earl, Earl told me from day one he was going to play in the NBA and I, not that I doubted him but I said Earl come on you can't play in the NBA and, and I, would, I would challenge him but he, he was the most confident player that I ever coached and there was never a doubt in his mind that not only was he going to be successful but his team was going to be successful and I think the rest was history Thank you so much for your time. Thank you
4: Do you want to eat something better than ramen? Come to Candy Cane Wireless your local Boost Mobile dealer, and get all the data and hotspot you need to feed your brain while having money left over to eat more than noodles. Boost Mobile by Candy Can Wireless, located at 3033 Packard Street in Ann Arbor. Joined alongside EMU head coach Fred Castro. As you look at this uh, week ahead, as his team gets ready to take on... Kent State on Wednesday night to look at this Golden Flashes a Ball Club. Uh, they're a team that knows what they like to do well, and that is try to get teams to foul them, send them to the free throw line. Uh, one of the best over the last three years at doing so, not in just Mac, but in the entire nation. Uh, how do you try to get them not to fall into that game of, of getting the easy opportunities to get fouled?
6: Yeah, it's tough, and it's... At this point, I think it's good that it's the second time we play the team. So one thing is to talk about it and show them on film. Another thing is for them to experience it. We have two players foul out in the fourth quarter, um, and we had a lead going into the fourth quarter. Um, so we talked about it, and, and obviously it's it's one of those things that – it's like playing a team that plays a, a matchup zone. Until you're in it, mm-hmm. you don't really understand it. And, and once you play it, you experience it, you can – make the adjustment better as a player Uh, so i think they understand the level of discipline that we're going to need um we, we may have to be a little bit more uh conscientious of when we can be aggressive versus when we can't and and the other thing is probably the biggest factor is not letting our um let's say, when we're winded a little bit, we, we can't get ticky-tack fouls. Those fouls that are 60, 70, 80, 90 feet from the basket, we have to avoid those at all costs. Uh, but we're still going to have to be the aggressor. We're still going to have to be physical. We're still going to have to play our brand of basketball. We just can't allow the ticky-tack fouls because those really add up. And that's really what hurt us uh last time at their place
4: autumn hudson has a chance to do something no eagle has done since 2012 and that's grab double digit rebounds in four consecutive contests her ability to to get at the rack has been a lot more grabbing those boards what has changed or how do you try to get her more in those situations to excel
6: yeah again i think uh it's two things i think um she's been working really really hard in practice and that's Uh, showing on the court the other thing is she's getting in better shape so now she's playing bigger minutes I think her experience is now starting to pay um, pay dividends and you see her she's more confident Uh, she can play longer stretches you know early in the year is two minutes and come out two and a half minutes come out now she's playing four minute stretches so that lends itself to more opportunities and she's making taking um advantage of those opportunities so she's we're, we're really proud of her development uh, coach adam call has done a great job uh with her and kj i think both those guys are really coming along nicely uh but we want to continue to see them progress and grow and i know that might be uh you know you see a player get a double double um but there's a lot more um, meat there for for those guys to go get with the Blue Cross Blue Shield of Michigan mobile app,
4: you can manage your health care coverage anytime, anyplace, anywhere. Download it now from the Apple Store or Google Play. Baseball season rapidly approaching. Before you know it, finally a chance to get back outside. Joined by second-year pitching coach, A.J. Ochter, and you look at uh, year two. You got a little more time to prepare than you did in year one. How's year two been
1: since you started this season already? It's been it's been a much easier uh, year two than it was year one. You know, kind of getting thrown in uh, with with about a month before the season started when i took when i took the job last year so getting a whole fall a whole winter with these guys along with with last spring is, is awesome to be able to you know see the guys progress and be with them in the fall and winter when when that's kind of the hands-on time for me to for me to get guys get guys better and you know the guys have responded to kind of my program i didn't change too much but um you know it's, it's been a fun year too and looking forward to big things out of our staff this this spring
4: you look back at year one what kind of stood out as you as the the biggest things that you were
1: able to accomplish in that short period of time? Yeah, I I think the biggest thing was kind of getting guys to step up. You know, obviously we had some injuries with Davis going down and and kind of some guys' roles changed a lot over the year, but just the way guys stepped up, you know, with Justin McMurtry stepping into the Friday guy and Luke DeVenny ended up being second team on Mac. Then you go back to uh, you know, Dylan Schroeder at Ohio, Thomas House closing out big games. You know, guys that going into the year weren't expecting to get that much out of them. So just being able to, you know, get the most out of the guys and the the, way the guys competed for me that's that's what i'll take away most from that first year
4: you look at and you mentioned luke a guy that goes from being a converted outfielder that wasn't getting a ton of playing time to a guy that found himself playing independent baseball as a professional yeah. and, and earning himself all mac honors if you could take that and, <laughs> and it makes you wonder what yeah. you can do when you got some some, some really good talent coming in that
1: is used to and accustomed to pitching. Yeah, you know, with Luke, the biggest thing was we found a pitch that worked for him with his sinker and he kind of bought into what I was teaching and kind of my my mindset and, you know, it it just kind of took off for him. He was able to go out and compete, went at least six innings just about every start for us, so you know, it was a great year for him and for him to get a chance to play professionally, I mean, what a cool honor for him from a guy who, like you said, at the beginning of the year, we didn't know what we were going to get out of him to be second team all Mac in a year where there was a ton of really good arms, so I mean, it's a great honor for him and we couldn't be more more happy for him. They
4: always say that to start a year, pitching a little bit ahead of where hitters are early on. We're standing in the dome right now. It's a different environment to be in. The ball seems a little more small, compact, and it's dark in here. But when you start a season on the road, how does that one? Expectations have to be just a little lower because you haven't been able to have, be
1: outside. Yeah, exactly. You know, I think that one resource we have here at Eastern is the bubble and being able to get those live at bats is awesome. We can go two fields at once, so the reps are not an issue. Um, you know, it's just the first time someone from the other team steps in that box. That competitiveness needs to be there instead of facing your teammates, you know, essentially since since August when fall ball started up. So, um, you know, get the hardest thing to uh, duplicate is the adrenaline and that rush. So, you know, that's going to be the biggest thing for the guys early on, and um, I feel like we've prepared competitive-wise, you know, to be able to, to go out and compete, but, but we'll kind of see, you never know, until that other team steps in the box.
4: You have to certainly change your weekend rotation from a year ago, thanks to graduation, of course, injury, and you got a guy coming back in Jackson Saver that you hope will plug in the rotation, but after that, it's certainly up to
1: guys to compete for, right? Yeah, absolutely. I mean, I think the one thing that this team has is obviously some older guys, but they may be in the bullpen more than, than anything, so the the starting, the weekend rotation could be a little young, i um, Experience-wise, early on, you know, we have we have five new arms with two junior college, three high school freshmen that we're expecting a lot out of. Some of those guys are going to throw, you know, big innings on that first weekend there. So, uh, but you know, leaning on Jackson, a guy who who made just about every start for us last year, a guy who, um, you know, had some some up and down, some really good outings, some okay outings, and then he went out and had a great summer. So we're looking to build off that. He kind of took things easy in the fall because he threw a lot of innings, but. Um, you know, ex- obviously expecting big things out of him being a senior leader. And then you talk about guys like uh, Caleb Hester and Mitchell Sparks in the back end. You know, the, those three seniors right there are kind of going to lead our, our pitching staff to where we want to be. If
4: there's a, a dark horse kind of that somebody hasn't quite heard of yet, who would that be? Yeah,
1: I think that, that, you know, three of the new guys that, that um, are going to throw big innings for us is Holden Cook, a junior college pitcher out of, out of Oklahoma, Remington Mons uh, from here, Jackson Community College, he's a, he's a junior, um, and then Justin Mice, a freshman from, from Pittsburgh. Uh, he's, those three guys are going to throw big innings for us, along with Tyler Coons and Jack Dung and the two other freshmen, uh, like I said. But, you know, I think we're expecting big things out of those guys. And, uh, you know, the inexperience might hurt us a little bit early on, but we're hoping that kind of they, they take their lumps early on, and then, you know, once conference rolls around, we'll be hitting full stride. I
4: know. When I talked to Coach Roof last week, it was about playing a northern opponent for the first time in a series opener in almost 18 years, you get a chance to open against NJIT, a team that's similar to you, having not been outside. They're going to be in a no competitive disadvantage
1: because of that. Uh, what do you see shaping up out of NJIT as well? I, yeah, I think similar to what we just talked about earlier. You know, the pitchers should be ahead of the hitters at this point. You know, again, like you said, their indoor facility, I'm not sure what they have, but you know, it's going to be tough to see the ball. Probably it's going to be a little different, maybe a tunnel in a cage. So, you know, hopefully the pitchers are a little bit ahead for my sake. Um, but, you know, we expect a a good game. They're playing an excellent conference. They're a team that that lost a lot last year, so they're kind of a little bit of unknown with them. So we're kind of looking forward to that challenge. And, you know, like you said, something unknown with us, the first Northern team in, you know, 19 years. So what a what a cool opportunity for our guys. And then, you know, regardless of how those four games go, the next weekend's Notre Dame and Incarnate Word. So, you know, things will speed up on us fast, and we got to take it uh, just one game at a time. For
4: Before we get you out of here, one more question for you. Uh, Soto, a, a big thing that you were able to add this year, being just a year-plus removed from being in a professional baseball setting, How does it compare to working with some of the things you have at that next level?
1: Yeah, I mean, I think the biggest thing for us is kind of like I said on on some of the promo videos we did for it, is it is a tool in professional baseball that is used a lot as an evaluation for trades or for drafting guys. For us, we can use it to kind of create pitches to use the best of the guy's abilities. Um, So, you know, to be able to see the instant feedback on every pitch and um, you know, be able for me to teach on, on different grips and different things on breaking balls to be able to see that instant spin or kind of the way the ball rides on guys. It's kind of cool to be able to put it uh, in numbers and the guys can go on online and see kind of all their results from every bullpen they throw with it. So what an awesome tool. I mean obviously we'll, we'll see kind of how things play out but I feel like we've gotten a lot of good information from that and we're going to try to use that to our advantage once the guys are out on the mound. But you know when it comes down to it, it the game of baseball is always the same it's always going to be the hitter versus pitcher and you executing your pitch. Um, so that's kind of We'll, we'll try to put the guys in the best position to win, and is doing that.
4: AJ, appreciate the time. We'll catch up to you as more of the season progresses. Thanks.
3: Hey,
7: guys. It's Nicole Medios, and this is another segment of Peanuts Gallery. And today I'm joined with... Abby Stemple. <laughs> what team are you on? I'm on the women's cross-country and track and field team. So,
3: just how long have you been running for? Like, for Eastern or, like, my whole In life? general,
7: your whole running career.
3: Um, I started running track in 7th grade. Oh, wow. And I started running cross-country in, I guess, 11th grade, so yeah. sophomore year. What made you,
7: like, want to pursue it in college? Oh, wait, that would be junior year. <laughs> That's <fine. laughs>
3: Um, I don't know. I I guess, like, when I started running cross-country, I started to improve. And I don't know. I just had a passion it, for it thing. and yeah I've always played sports my whole life so coming to college and not playing a sport would have been like really weird for yeah, me. Yeah I
7: feel like from doing something for so long and then just coming and not doing it right it's yeah. just a shock yeah it's like exactly. it changes your whole world and what you do. Um, so some more information about you where are you from? I'm from
3: Mason Ohio which is about 20 minutes north of Cincinnati okay what made you come to Eastern, or what
7: attracted you to Eastern?
3: Um, my opportunity to run yeah. was the big thing, and they have a really good education program, which is what my major is. Oh, so your education major. So yeah, teaching
7: so, in the future, hopefully. Yeah, so I'm so doing goal. elementary education. Oh, cute little kid. What grade specifically?
3: Um, I think like I think I want to do sixth grade, but
7: okay. so I'm a little not older, sure. but not fully yeah. there. Yet. Yeah, awesome. So, this week is Mental Health Awareness Week, and you're on SAC. What's your role with our SAC, which is, for people who don't know, SAC is? So,
3: SAC is our Student Athlete Advisory Committee, Mm -hmm. and I am the Vice President of SAC. I'm also one of the reps for the, co- the Council of Student-Athletes for the MAC. Okay, so well, that's really cool. So me and Nick Jones, a baseball player, are the two reps. So we're kind of in charge of Mental Health Awareness Week um, and the initiative that
7: Eastern is going to participate in. Yeah, so what, what can we expect or what to look forward to this week?
3: So we're going to use social media a lot as a platform to really get the word out on mental health awareness yeah. um we had a lot of videos taken of athletes sharing their stories so look for that on twitter and instagram and then throughout the week we'll have tables set up in the student center and we're gonna pass out like little
7: stress balls and just do little activities to kind of promote the week oh that's cool So you said it'll be in the Student Center and that's going to be throughout like the whole week? It's going to be Monday and Wednesday in the Student Center. Nice. Yeah. Why mental health? Like why do you think that's such a big thing either to you or to students being athletes as well?
3: So I feel like mental health is something that kind of gets looked over or Mm. pushed under the rock like yeah I agree people
7: kind of have the stigma that it shouldn't be talked about I feel like if it's not your bones not sticking out your body or you're not physically there's there's nothing wrong with you yeah
3: like we're so quick to go to the doctor if we have a cold or if we are sick or have a broken bone like you said but when we have something like that's going on in our head we we kind of don't really do anything about it and being mentally health is just as important, if not more, than physically. being physically yeah, healthy. Yeah, I totally
7: agree with that. Are there any resources you have for us at Eastern?
3: So, yeah, <laughs> this is a great question. Yeah, so Stephanie Rosales is love the Stephanie. sports <laughs> psychologist. Yeah, she's great. Any athlete who is just kind of needing someone to talk to or someone to reach out to, definitely reach out to Stephanie. Yeah. Um, and we'll post... Her contact information throughout awesome. the week, um, and then Snow is that what it, I think? so, Snow yeah. is the like the, the psychologist. Yeah, yeah, the psychologist on, on campus. I'm not too familiar with them,
7: just because we are very lucky and we have Stephanie. Oh yeah, but yeah. No, I know. I definitely use my athletic trainer as a yeah, another sure. source to just talk to, and they usually have all the information well, to tell us. And so. like this week, we're kind
3: of pushing. So the the hashtag is taking action, mm-hmm. and we're encouraging teammates to really just rely on their teams and use their teammates as sources of just comfort. Comfort, sort of yeah. yeah. I mean,
7: you're with each other right. all the time. What better people to turn to who are yeah. going through the same things?
3: Yeah. So this week really is just to encourage everyone to kind of speak
7: out and not be afraid to talk about something yeah. if it's going on. No for sure and I know you've you've had an injury. Yes. So what'd you do? So
3: I've had a lot of problems with my knees uh, ever since I was started running yeah. like in high school but then I came to college my freshman year I was perfectly fine and then kind of started battling the knee injuries again mm-hmm. sophomore year and I just ran through the pain because it wasn't like, something that I couldn't run through, like, obviously it hurt, but it it wasn't holding me back completely, and then this past summer, it, like, just got to the point where I could not run, and so I finally went and got an MRI, and I had a tear in my patella tendon. Oh, wow. So, I had knee surgery in August, so I haven't been running. Actually, I'm just starting to get back into it. Yeah,
7: no. I know, like physically it's hard to come back but that definitely takes a toll on you mentally too like watching your teammates yeah do the sport they love to do and you're kind of like taken mm-hmm. in the back seat a little bit is definitely
3: it was like really challenging for me the first like just the shock to hear that I had to get surgery like yeah. that was just hard but honestly in the long run I feel like it's been somewhat of a blessing because I've been able to like do other things and find other sources of happiness oh, like yeah. outside of like running, the little things kind of
7: which make running even better oh yeah so that's awesome oh well thanks for joining me today you're and welcome so everyone watch out for this week the tweets the stuff in the student center mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like share your stories with us I guess yeah spread awareness sort yeah of thing well thanks for joining me again you're welcome <laughs> I'm Nicole Medios and this was Peanuts
5: Gallery Thank you for listening to the Eastern Insider Podcast. You can find the Eastern Insider on iTunes, Google Play, SoundCloud, Stitcher, and, of course, emueagles.com. Please leave us a rating and let us know how we're doing. Until next week, go Eagles.